Bro. What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome to the Inzone Media Firm Podcast. Episode one. Episode one. This is the first time. So, obviously, we, we started a podcast department here at Enzo. Um, for all the YouTube creepers out there that want to see us and not just listen to us, we got the video going, too. Uh, so, this first episode, want to kind of dive in, let give people a chance to, to learn about us a little bit. So, before we even go into who mm-hmm. Enzo Media Firm is and all that stuff, um, we'll at least introduce ourselves. So let's start with Kevin. Like, give us a little of your background, what you do here. Sure. Uh, what kind of sandwiches you like? All yeah, that stuff. Yeah, my name's Kevin, and I'm purely peanut butter and jelly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I, uh, I'm the executive director of operations. Executive. Yes, he, he has the longest title at the office. Yep, and that uh, that executive popped on in a meeting. Uh, surprise he, promotion. He, pop, he popped it on at the meeting. <laughs> no, I did. Someone I was promoted with that, but uh, so. Executive Director of Operations just means that uh, while Sam's out in visionary world, uh, Stephen's more day-to-day. I'm thinking that three- to six-month-out time frame, making sure that as we go, we can smoothly transition as we grow. Yes. So that's, that's a big part of what I do. I've got a background in cinematography, audio, uh, worked on sets, all that fun stuff. Oh, I got one. Give us one fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about you. Hey, that's a fun one. Uh, fun fact that most people don't know about me. Um, I know you can't do that new TikTok dance. I know that. I don't know about that. I think I might be able to. I might be able to surprise you yet. Um, yeah, I do like to dance. Uh, most people know that about me, I guess, but uh, they haven't seen me dance. So if you want to get out there, you see me out with the we'll headphones do, in the streets. We'll do some upcoming reels featuring Kevin's dance moves. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. All right, Steven. <laughs> Yep, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Ferris. I'm the vice president here at Enso Media, and kind of like what Kevin said, I'm kind of running day to day, working with employees, working with clients, making sure everything's running smoothly and everything's getting delivered on time and uh, up to the quality that everyone would expect from us as an elite team of, uh, of young men. But uh, young strapping men. Young strapping men. Uh, but the YMEA, yeah, the Young Men's Unso Association. Similar background. I guess this would be if we're starting out, which maybe people, even clients of ours, don't know. But a fun fact is that we are cousins. Yep. And we had Sam and I. Sam and I. <laughs> <laughs> See the resemblance. And uh, yeah, so we had started with similar backgrounds, film school, all that jazz. Worked on sets. Lived in New York. Lived in L.A. Uh, came back to Richmond, where. It was just calling. Is Richmond is where we wanted to be. We started our company, met up with Sam, joined forces, and uh, that's kind of where we're at today. Good stuff. Did you actually run away from the fun fact? Did you actually give us a fun fact? So he gave us a fun fact. You guys are cousins. It was about dancing. I don't think he skirted around that. I don't think that's a fun fact. I'll, I'll give right. my spiel. You can think about what your real fun fact uh, is. I, I was a um, I was a court reporter, which means that I was uh, certified. Um, uh, notary public, which immediately fascinated me because everybody knows I'm a big crime podcast junkie. Yeah. So the fact that you guys sit in courtrooms and hear all that stuff. Well, it wasn't actually in courtrooms. Not that any of this matters, but it was white collar crime kind of ah, stuff. Okay. So it was really boring on purpose, so that people couldn't track the financial crimes. Gotcha. Super exciting. Okay. Never mind that I'm not jealous anymore. Um, for myself, I'm not going to go into too much. I'm, I'm way more open on social media than these guys are. So if you want to know about me. Just search me. Um, 
I wasn't about to drop it down and say just Google me or something like that. <laughs> uh, but started this company about eight years ago. Um, originally, it was I didn't know how to do any of this stuff, and it was just finding other guys who could do it, um, contract them in for services. So since then, like things have grown dramatically. Several different departments, several different uh, whole staff of employees. We're opening up our Virginia Beach office that should be operational by the end of the summer. Um, and for those who don't know, we're in Richmond, Virginia now. Um, and then my fun fact, um, here's one. Uh, my wife did not want to go out with me on the first date. There you go. We met through a friend on Facebook. We're talking for a while, so it was ultimately a blind date. Um, I mean, we got to see pictures of each other before. Uh, but when she pulled up to our first date, she almost turned around because she did not want to have a date. So Wow. <laughs> and that's just a testament to how good a salesman is. Sales, salesmanship, baby. Salesmanship. I will sell I will sell ice to an Eskimo. I'm telling you. If, if you get in front of me, I'm selling you. All right. So with that, this is our, our first episode. These guys don't even know anything that I plan on talking about today. Um, I ultimately want this podcast to be a format. We're going to play around with this. Two things I want people to get from this. One, if you're a creative, I want them to be able to get tips about how to build a creative business, a creative agency. Um, and two, if you're someone who needs these type of services, being able to get some sort of tips, tricks from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one, I was thinking about this, and this is more for the creatives, people who actually do this work. Um, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this. Uh, how did you guys price services when you first got started? That is a very good question because coming from a place where we've been on sets with, you know, budgets depending on $20 million down to even on the smaller end, $20,000, $40,000 working in various roles when we decided to start our company and, you know, be able to offer affordable prices to companies around town, smaller to mid-sized businesses. We had to take a look at that, do a little bit of market research, which is honestly a little bit hard to find if you're just Googling, if you're just kind of looking. And, you know, we I think we ended up doing some corporate espionage and calling other places that were similar and pretending to be companies to get quotes. But you didn't start at those prices that you were seeing online. Where'd you guys start at? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you did the now, opposite of what I did. We uh, honestly, uh, because we were first time business owners and we were kind of figuring it out, a little bit of what we did was base it on the company we were talking to. So if we're talking to a company, we knew had a hundred employees and we knew they had a marketing budget for mm-hmm. the year that was probably sizable. My quote might've been a little bit more than if I was talking to mm-hmm. a little bit more of a mom and pop's place. And part of that was, you know, not trying to gouge or anything like that, but it was like, okay, we want to be, we want to be playing in the right field. You yeah. know, if we're coming to a large company and we're quoting them a very small amount of money, they're going to look at us and be like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Now, a lot of people don't realize when you're working with a larger company, even though it may be the same type of video package, there's a lot more work involved because you're having to work with so many people to get to the final. Yeah, revisions and re-edits, and it's got, you got to cross through a lot of red tape. So there was, there was a lot of that where I think initially it was just sort of weird judging like what we're going to base our pricing off of off of who we were working with at the time. Gotcha. Right. And well, to add to that, um, every time that we price something out, we weren't, we were planning on having multiple shoot days. So that was like a big thing for us. I think that um, we needed to price things 
that made sense for both of us going out and having our equipment on set and working with these clients over maybe a month or two to get so every project you guys looked at starting out it wasn't like hey you could go there for an hour shoot come back in the project no not at all we were looking at it from the standpoint of like we want to deliver commercial grade stuff uh obviously with the skeleton crew of two and with the gear that we had available to us um but we were treating it a little bit more like Okay, this is we're gonna have pre-production. We're gonna have storyboarding, scripting. We're gonna have, if we need to hire talent, we're hiring talent. And a lot of times that talent, you know, we're offering them like, hey, we'll buy you a sandwich and a beer if you come be, you know, in this commercial that we're. So you guys with. went way higher scale than I did initially when I started because, yeah. um, you know what you know what my prices were when I started out. Let's hear it. McDonald's free ninety nine. Free ninety nine, of course. Dude, I didn't have a portfolio. I didn't have work to show anybody. It was very hard to get work, not being able to prove to somebody that I could do it. So the only way to do that was approach companies that I knew needed this service, say, hey, give me the opportunity, let me do this for free, and if you like it, let's talk about projects moving forward. I think um, I think we both did that starting out too. I mean, we were getting some footage from school and, and from other projects that we were working around with other people, but everyone should start out that way. Ultimately, we were, <laughs> paying for uh the reels that we had because we were paying to go to film school which <laughs> right is, which you didn't which, i didn't which yeah. you famously don't go to, do not into. go to school for filmmaking yeah, you yeah. don't need so to. yeah however much however much fucking school was that was what we paid to get reels essentially dude yeah. it, it boggles my mind well i get why people do it but literally i learned everything about filmmaking from youtube yeah like or the other approach is to find someone in the field. You can easily Google companies like us in your area, reach out to somebody and say, hey, I wanna learn, I'll work for you for free for the next three months. Mm-hmm. There is no business owner who's gonna tell you no. We will always take free labor. So rather than spending and Sometimes 20, it doesn't go yeah. as, as planned, yeah. Yeah. as we've seen. But. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> that was a whole other situation. Um, but, to pay between twenty to fifty thousand dollars a year to learn something in a school setting that ultimately is probably going to be drastically different than what you're actually going to be doing in the field, like to me, it's waste of money. Like I'm, my oldest is two years old. I'm going to teach my kids go to college for the experience, the networking. You're not going to learn for your profession. Like you can literally go. We yeah. look at the information, and you can get that anywhere. Sure. Yeah, and and I think you know having gone through school and a specific uh, specifically film school, it's you come out of it being like, yeah, that is the case, and the experiences were great. Whatever you make, you know, lifelong friendships yeah. with people in college and all that kind of stuff, and you do come out with a decent networking uh, kind of circle, depending on if you stay in that city that you're mm-hmm. in, or depending mm-hmm. on what program or what level of school you're going to. I've definitely seen some advantages just, you know, like when we were starting out getting other jobs, like having come through a certain program and then ultimately having professors and other people that you graduated with that are starting to do different things that can throw you work and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And if you're in a pinch, you can call somebody you went to school with because, you know, they're still in the industry. There were there were some there were some like upsides to it. But ultimately, well, let me ask you this. If you guys started now. How would you go about it? If we were, if we were you're 18, 18 years old, you're 18 years old right now, have now. And having the knowledge mm-hmm. you have now, now, like you don't have the skill set yet, but you're 18, knowing what you got from college and what you could get real life experience, 
at 18, would you go to school to study this, knowing this is what you wanted your career to be? Or would you find a company or a mentor or research on YouTube? I, I, I had a blast in college. So oh, I had a, yeah, I'll yeah. go back to college. I had a great time in college, and I didn't major in anything relating to this. I, I It's a funny thing that I do think about every once in a while because I was not planning on going to school because I didn't like school in general. I wasn't thrilled about going back to school in college. So I actually had a job lined up working on uh, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movie in New York City Ooh. when I was like 17. It, you know, just being a production assistant, but like... With the real... But that was with the real Spider-Man, not this other crap. Oh, no, no. Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Spider-Man, that, Spider-Man. That's the real Spider-Man. Yeah, right. And and so I was like... I think um, he has a different opinion on that, but... Yeah, I was, that's another podcast. That's another podcast, like a whole series yeah. of podcasts. Now, I was, I, was, I was fully in when I was 17, when I was like about to graduate high mm-hmm. school. I was like, fuck it. I'm moving to New York. Get a crappy little apartment, whatever, whatever. Make it work. I'm going to start my film journey working my way up on sets. Ultimately, it wasn't until a couple of buddies of mine were like, hey, we got into VCU. Why don't you just try it out? It'll be fun, whatever. Got into the program I wanted to get into, and then I went. And then I was kind of happy that I did that because I had yeah. such a good time. And like thinking back on it, moving to New York at 17, 18 and getting into that industry, which is rough. Like, you know, the hours and the... And that's a whole other thing, like working on movie shoots compared to what we do. Yeah, exactly. So my journey would have been completely different if I would have skipped because I would have gone in that whole route and probably burnt out by 20. Oh, yeah. You know? So would you skip or would you do it differently? Um, I probably would not have gone to my... get a master's program, Mm -hmm. but at the time it was By the way, Kevin's the most educated one out of all of us. That's true, on paper. (laughs) Um, I mean, I've learned plenty of things from Sam, and I think he's learned stuff from us. Um, I've learned stuff from Steven. You've taught me stuff. That our new employees are teaching me something. I think the, the important thing is just the ability to want to keep learning. It doesn't oh, yeah. have to be an institutional setting. Uh, I will say that YouTube's all fun and great, but I've watched tons of things on YouTube and never actually picked up the skills because I wasn't actually hands-on. So the most important thing is just... Pick up your iPhone, pick up a camera, so whatever you So that's my point got. with that is like, Start shooting. there are two different ways I see learning to be in this field outside of college. Is either seeking out someone who has a skill set and you can provide them value by doing something for free and then they in turn teach you how to do this. Or if you're the type of person who's just a visual learner and you don't need somebody there with you to build. I mean, there are YouTube academies for days mm-hmm. on how to learn what we do. It's just a matter of how you retain information. If you're a person that has to have somebody there with you, there are options for that. If you can just sit down and visually retain that information, you just get on. Yeah. I, was, I also think that, like like you're saying, in that route, and you're, and you're going to YouTube and you're spending a lot of hours and you're watching and stuff, what you also did, though, and kind of to Kevin's point, is you were like, hey, free 99, I'll come do this. Oh, you yeah, were getting the actual experience with having a... There's a you know another human being that is counting on you that's standing in front of the camera. You're in Absolutely. their business. You're doing something for them. You're you're retaining some of that YouTube information, but you're also like, oh, okay, now I actually have oh, yeah. to use it, and now mm-hmm. the light is like this, and I need to make these changes. And but on that sure. note, so I actually started by I had a fifty dollar point shoot. I should have brought it in here. I still have it here in the office. Fifty dollar point shoot I got, and I just started vlogging. I just recorded myself all day long doing all my entrepreneurial journey stuff. Um, and that's how I learned to edit, learn cuts, all this kind of stuff, what was working, what wasn't. And then actually from there, doing my own video blog, I had companies reach out to me and say, hey, this was cool. Could you do something for us? And it was like 
really? Like, I think this is pretty bad. Like, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. doing it, but you mm-hmm. paid money for this? All right, cool. Yeah. And it's, a, it's just that thought process of, like, if you want to learn a foreign language. I took five years of Spanish through high school and college. I can't remember. Hey, you stick me in Spain and Mexico right now, I will not be able to get across the street. But Yeah, because you didn't put it into practice. Yeah, right? but, I mean, but that stuff was beating in my head for so long, and I still didn't retain anything. But now I can get on an audio podcast and learn how to speak Spanish on the way to work every day. I can get on a YouTube class for free and be able to do that kind of stuff. Sure. I could seek somebody out who speaks Spanish and ask them to tutor me. So like, it's that fine line, right, between, uh, you know, having the desire to learn it yourself and having ultimately an end goal of where you want to see yourself because of learning that kind of stuff. And then also having hopefully some guiding hands, you know, some people that are there that are a little more experienced than you, maybe yep. even incredibly more experienced than you, but you're getting that chance to kind of learn both tactilely and, yeah. you know, auto and visual. Oh, if, if you want to get good, just do it a lot. If you want to get work, say yes to everything. And then if you want to get paid, you have to have a network. And what that means is not necessarily, you know, people who can get you jobs to get paid on, but you start training other people and creating a team around you so when you go do something, you don't have to do it all by yourself and you can actually get a good quality product with a lot of production. So that's a good point. Here's a huge mistake I see most creatives making is, and you and I have talked about this, I know, in certain professions. So like I used to work in the mental health field. The biggest mistake I would see with the companies I work with, somebody was a great community-based counselor and because they were doing so well, they got promoted to a manager. Just because that person was great at working directly with clients does not mean they know how to manage people. Same thing with creatives. A lot of creatives think, Oh, I'm pretty good with this camera. I need to start my own business. Not necessarily. If you don't have the skill set for sales, if you aren't, you know, able to tackle all the stuff on the back end, dealing with lawyers and payroll and insurances and all those different sorts of things, you may be great creative, great videographer, but you don't possess the other things that you go around. Please remain safe.